0: As Dave mentioned earlier uh, during the beginning of our time together, you know we're we're kind of we're wrapping up and coming out of this season of prayer and fasting that we found ourselves in. We wrapped up the fast a couple weeks ago. Last week we kind of looked at, hey, how do we keep moving forward with all that God has been doing? And uh, this is going to be our last kind of Sunday to really intentionally try to reflect on and and listen on what God has been doing amongst us. And, you know, during during the fast, I talked with a lot of people, and I think a very common thing that many people fasted from uh, was something like Netflix or Hulu. I know many people gave up, like, online streaming during the fast. And as I reflected on that, I I started thinking about how the way that we engage with television entertainment has changed so radically over the last couple of decades, uh, I was thinking about this, especially in relation to a show that, that I watched, I think, every season while it was on. Did any of you watch the show 24 with, with Jack Bauer? You know, I mean, Jack Bauer is this incredible dude who like saves the world in 24 hours over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, that dude had the worst life ever. Like, he had the worst days in the history of man, and yet it was so fun to watch, right? And so I can remember when the first season of 24 came out, I was a senior in college, and at the time, literally, I mean, this sounds terrible, I know, but literally the only way to watch it was if you turned on your TV each week on a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. <laughs> like, that was the only time to engage. And so I used to get together with my, my roommate in college and I, we would, uh, we, we would make a meal, and every Tuesday night at 7, we would turn on, you had to turn it to Fox, and you know, whatever channel that was, and you'd watch Jack Bauer, save the world a little bit. And then you'd get to the end, and there was always this horrible cliffhanger that left you wanting more, and you had to wait a week <laughs> to find out what was going to happen, Fast forward about three years, and I was graduated from college, and uh, I married to my wife, Amy, and I found out that she had never seen 24, and I thought, this is a travesty, like, she needs to see 24. So there was this new thing, it was incredible, it was called Netflix. And you could literally get online, and request a DVD and they would mail it to you in the mail. A DVD would come and you put it in your DVD player and you get to keep it for like three or four days and you get free shipping to send it back. It was amazing. And so my wife and I would sit down to watch 24 and it was very different than my experience with my college roommate because now, we had up to four episodes at our fingertips. And so we'd sit down at 8 o'clock at night to watch an episode of 24, and next thing you know, it's midnight, and we're like, what happened? We just watched four episodes, but fortunately, the DVD was done, and there was nothing else we could do. We'd slip it in the envelope, mail it back to Netflix, and wait until they sent us the next installment. You know where this is going. we look at where we are today, and kind of the norm is like to watch an entire season of one sitting. Like, uh, I read this thing, I think something like 381,000 people watched the entire second season of Stranger Things in one day like the day it was released, Dude, that's just the day it was released, the day it was released, 381,000 people watched the whole season. I wonder how many of us did the same thing, you know, like it's kind of the norm. The way that we watch television entertainment has changed. We watch a show, you know, and these shows have changed. This change of interaction with media has changed the way that these shows are created. They're created to engage your emotions to give you this like dopamine hit of like joy or being involved, being on the edge of your seat. And then they always end with this cliffhanger to leave you wanting more in an effort to sustain the feelings of excitement and engagement or emotional intensity that you find yourself in the middle of. You know, really, this is kind of a picture of our culture, right? I mean, it's a picture of uh, the way our culture is going, the way that it has been shaped. It's not just with television entertainment, but in almost everything in life, we go from one sensory input to the next. It's like always looking for the next big thing. We're constantly checking our newsfeed or we're constantly checking whatever social media preference we have for the next like or for the next update. We're constantly checking text messages or emails, looking for that next message that's gonna give us that good feeling of being noticed or being loved or being appreciated or being significant. We go from one thing to the next. I wonder, I wonder how many of us have noticed this in ourselves, because I know it's true for me. It's not just with TV, it's like with everything. And, you know, if we're not careful, um, if we're not careful, we can begin to approach our walk with Jesus in the same exact way. You know, we, we hear a sermon that makes our heartbeat a little bit faster. Uh, we listen to a podcast and, and we feel convicted in an area of calling. Or an area of change, or we feel convicted in an area of sin. And it, like, it's, it's the same sort of thing. It's like this, literally, this chemical in our brain, dopamine, it's like the, the pleasure chemical we get to release. And it's like, yeah, man, that was awesome. I want more of that. And if we're not careful, we'll treat a great sermon just like we treat a great episode of a television show or a great TED talk. And we'll get to the end of it and we go, man, I want some more next podcast, I'm going to listen to the next one. And we start listening to something in an attempt to sustain that feeling that has been uh, welling up within us. And so we finish one thing and we immediately start looking for the next. And it kind of creates this, this culture, this lifestyle of lots and lots of listening, lots and lots of hearing, but very little doing. We love for God to get our attention. I mean, we love it when God gets our attention, because when God gets our attention, it's like this heart-quickening moment, right? But, but oftentimes, we are painfully inept at knowing what to actually do when God does get our attention. It's like, oh, he got it, but I don't know what to do with that. You know, communally, like we said, we've just come out of this pretty spiritually intense and intentional season. 30 days of all together trying to pursue God's face through prayer and through fasting. And it's been amazing because I know that many of us have have learned some things about ourselves. We've learned some things about the pace of our life. We've learned some things about God. God has awakened us to new things. We felt a desire for breakthrough and change. And yet, if you're like me, what I've experienced is that on the other side of this season of intensity and intentionality, it has sometimes felt hard to know where to begin with change. Where do I begin? What do I do? How do I even begin to take stock of what God has been doing in me? How do I listen to those things? I think Jesus speaks into the importance of this kind of pace in Luke chapter 6 really clearly. So Luke chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 46. These are the words of Jesus, uh, one of his most famous teachings at the tail end of his, this great sermon that he gives. Jesus is just giving an epic sermon, and he kind of says exactly what should happen next. Listen to what he says in verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet do not do what I say? Man, that verse right there, could preach lots of sermons for a long time. Verse 47, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They were like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well-built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice. It's like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. These are the words of Jesus from Luke chapter six. I think Jesus is painting a picture here of what the life of following him looks like. A life of following Jesus is this constant journey of of hearing from Jesus and then putting into practice what we hear from him. It's this constant journey of coming to Jesus, hearing what he says, this is what he says in verse 47, the one who comes to me, hears my word, and puts it into practice. And so it's this continual life of transformation and change where we are continually coming to Jesus and being renewed by his words, being convicted by his words, being inspired by his words, being propelled by his words, and then stepping into doing the very things that he's saying to us. This is the way of walking with Jesus of continual change and life transformation. Now, I'm convinced, however, that for most of us, the reason we don't actually step into doing what what Jesus says for us, it's not not always because of just sheer disobedience or like strong rebellion. I, I think for a lot of us, I know for me, it's most often because I don't take the time to slow down and really listen to the words that Jesus is saying to me, and think through what it means for me to actually put it into practice. You know, I'll come to Jesus, I'll hear the words, but then I'm immediately moving on to whatever's next, or I'm immediately ready for him to give me something else. I, I, you know, I think, I think one of the best gifts that we as Jesus followers can offer the culture around us, one of the best gifts that we can offer one another is an invitation into stillness and quiet. You know how hard it is to come by stillness and quiet in a culture that tells us we've got to constantly be looking for the next thing. Man, it's hard. It's really hard. I think the best gift we have to offer sometimes as Jesus followers is an invitation to turn off the input and take some time instead to process what has already been put in. Because there's a lot there. There's a lot that God has done. And so this morning, uh, we're going to spend some time doing that. Uh, like I said, if you're like me, it may have been hard over the last couple weeks since our season of fasting has ended to actually find time in your schedule to carve out and be still before the Lord. And so we're gonna take some time communally as a church family this morning just to be still. Uh, I'm gonna put some slides on the screen that are gonna give you some instructions here in just a minute. And I'm just gonna invite you uh, in your place, in your spot, in your chair, if you wanna move, if you wanna move around the room, you can. If you wanna go sit in a corner somewhere, you can. If you wanna go sit over here in the coffee area, you can move around, but on your own, in solitude, by yourself. We're going to spend some time in stillness and quiet. We'll turn on some music to kind of cut any awkwardness that you may feel, but um, during that time, I'm going to invite you to kind of answer a simple question of where has God been getting your attention? We'll have all this on the screen in just a minute. Where has God been getting your attention, and how do you know and so I know not all of us fasted the same way. In fact, some of you may be new here and you didn't fast at all with us or maybe you are a regular here and you weren't able to fast. And so I'm not, uh, this is not just for those who walk through fast forward. God is constantly trying to get our attention. He's just a good father. He's always trying to get our attention, to walk with us, to encourage us, to teach us, to grow us. And so it doesn't matter if you did the fast perfectly like everybody else or if you did it like everyone else. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God is trying to get our attention. So the question we're gonna ask in stillness this morning in quiet is where has God been getting my attention and how do I know? And what is it that he is awakening you to in your life? So those, those kind of simple questions. See, so here's the thing that I know. I know that God is getting our attention. I know he's getting a lot of your attention and it may come in very different shapes. I don't want you to spend this time reflecting on the physical act of fasting of what you did or what somebody else did. That's not what we're here to do. We're here instead to go, God, in the process of fasting and praying, what were the things that you were putting into my heart? Where were you catching my attention? He may have been getting your attention in relation to the amount of time that you spend on social media or in binge-watching Netflix or Hulu. And if that's it, then ask him, God, why are you getting my attention there? He may have been getting your attention in the way that you use your tongue to talk about other people behind their backs or in the way that you use your tongue to build people up or to tear people down. He, he may have been getting your attention in relation to the, the way you steward your sexuality or the way you steward your calling or your career. He may have been getting your attention in the way that you treat the most important people around you in your life. Whatever it may be, I want you, all, all of us just to take a moment and go, God, where have you been getting my attention? What is it that you are awakening in me? So we're going to put this slide on the screen, and I'm going to give you like eight to 10 minutes just to be still. If you want to write some things down, we have these journals all over the room. They're at every communion station. So if you need something to write on, a lot of you bring your own journals, and that's great. If you need something to write on, feel free to grab one of these. Keep it. Make it your own. You can write in it. Um, and then I'll get back up here in about 10 minutes and kind of give us the next instructions for what we're going to do. Does that make sense? All right, I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll kind of go into a time of ref- reflection. Father, it, it often feels like a, a countercultural thing to take time to be still. Lord, sometimes it can feel scary to be alone with our own thoughts. It can feel scary to be alone with you. And yet, Lord, I know, I just know how gracious you are. I know how kind you are. I know how much you love to speak to your children. So as we gather in this space, Lord, I just ask... By the grace of Jesus and the kindness of your heart, by the power of your spirit, will you come and will you speak to us as we reflect? Where are you getting our attention, Lord? What is it you're awakening us to? And and how are we supposed to recognize that? Lord, would you speak that to us now as we we reflect? Would you protect our minds from distraction and our hearts from distraction and help us to to be able to sit in your presence alone with you? Come, Lord, come. You are welcome. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.